This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. On today's episode of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors, we're joined by Noah Shelby and Lee Dort, a pair of four stars out of Texas who were the first two commits in Coach Stack's 2022 recruiting class. They tell us why they ultimately chose Vandy, recruiting Colin Smith to West End, and when they'll be visiting Memorial Gym this season. Plus, we discuss Grayson Morgan's commitment out of Montgomery Bell Academy. The NBA pipeline runs deep with Clark Lee and Barton Simmons. Also, Dansby Swanson and Kyle Wright winning a world title with the Braves. We'll discuss that and also help provide a clearer picture of Clark Lee's 10-year plan, especially with three decommits, a transfer, and then two commitments all just in this past week. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report, powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation, anchor down. Welcome into the Door Report. It is episode 122. It is November 5th, 2021. We are powered by Laco Finewood Floors. And, Will, we've got a jam-packed episode. It may not be the longest episode, but we've got an interview with Noah Shelby and Lee Dort, a pair of four stars in the Vandy 22 recruiting cl- 2022 uh, recruiting class coming up. We've got uh, Grayson Morgan commit today. Uh, on a Friday, so Friday is getting started off hot. Dansby Swanson and Kyle Wright are world champs. So, Will, we've got a lot of success to talk about and a lot of uh, future is bright type of thing. So it should be a good vibe podcast. Yeah, it should be outside of the things that are the absolute than opposite one of thing, that. Yeah. Other than that and the decommits and the Marcus Bradley transfer we're going to get into. Other than that, this is all a super <laughs> positive episode, Billy. So I like that spin in the intro. <laughs> Got to spin it positively somehow. Yeah. But uh, we do. Dansby Swanson and Kyle Wright are world champs. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Marcus Bradley, we've got some interesting quotes. Will was able to reach out to him and, and uh, Marcus provided him with some interesting quotes uh, about his decommitment. And of course, we had another decommitment to talk about. So uh, we go negative and then we go positive uh, there towards the end. So uh, we'll go ahead and hop right into it before we get to the breaking news. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report like us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, let's get to the breaking news. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flowing job to a Laco fine wood floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. A Laco fine wood floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. All right, Will, we got a couple uh, happy birthdays to wish here right off the bat. Coach Stackhouse, it is uh it is his birthday today and coach AJ Blazik, uh, Vanderbilt's offensive line coach. So uh, I feel like this is the season where we get a ton of birthdays. I don't know what it is. Uh, mine was in Chris October, Pierce so. was what yesterday or a yep. couple days ago as yeah, well. Yeah, we had, so we had Chris belated Pierce. birthday to Chris Pierce as well. Yes, uh, can't can't uh, disrespect uh, Chris Pierce there. Hopefully, uh, he's able to to kind of get back on track against Kentucky next week. But uh, Stackhouse and Blazek and Chris Pierce, happy birthday.
birthday to those guys. But, Will, we've got a commitment to talk about, and and uh, this comes at a good time because we've had about three decommits uh, here before this one. And credit to Coach Lee and, and Barton Simmons and this staff for grabbing Grayson Morgan, the three-star offensive tackle at a Montgomery Bell Academy here in Nashville. He's a top 30 player in the state. They chose Vandy over Kentucky, Mississippi State, and even Minnesota came in there late with P.J. Fleck. Well, he, he obviously has to put a few pounds on. He's 6'5", 270, so he's got the build and, and the mold of, of an athletic offensive lineman. He's a very mobile uh, athlete. He's going to be able to pull and, and, and impact the run game, which I don't think we've seen a ton of pulling this season from the O-linemen. I'm sure that's something Coach Blazik and that staff wants to be able to do. Uh, but, Will, we, at Door Jam, uh, I was able to talk to Coach Blazik, and we were able to talk to some of the other coaches there. And he was talking to me about how Grayson was one of their key prospects and how you know they were doing all they could to try to lock him down. So they ended up uh, succeeding in that. So congrats to them. And, of course, it's a huge commitment. The, the NBA pipeline runs deep there with Clark Lee, of course, graduating there, Barton Simmons. And they all, they're almost making it look easy from NBA. I guess now is the thought of Marcel Reed. Now that's 2023. But if they could be able to lock him up and maybe start that NBA train rolling, that you could see a lot of good things happening, not only at NBA, but inside the mid-state. So, and speaking of the mid-state, Will, Grayson Morgan and Langston Patterson are the only two in-state commits right now. So I think that's a goal of this staff to try to lock down that mid-state. But uh, nonetheless, man, Grayson Morgan is a, is a very big time get. Yeah, six foot five, two seventy. I mean, that dude is a physical beast. It's it's things that Clark Lee had talked about, and you heard Barton Simmons talk about when we had him on here a couple times, and especially after he had actually gotten the news and he wasn't <laughs> hiding the news from us when he'd come on. Um, they talked about what they were looking for in their recruit prospects, and obviously Grayson Morgan, a three star coming out of NBA, Clark Lee and Barton Simmons, like you mentioned. I don't know if you saw it. The picture uh, was just electric. That picture. Clark Lee was a unit <laughs> in high school, man. Oh my God, I, that I dude was a unit. He was not missing any reps. He was. No. He did every single rep <laughs> that those NBA coaches told him to. Though. I didn't even know that was Barton Simmons to his right at first. I had to zoom in, kind of. I knew once I realized you, Bart Barton has uh, aged aged well. <laughs> yes. We will say that, that the, hair, the hair game is much the stronger. Game, now. The hair game has improved for both of them. Uh, hair I, game I, on both sides. I think yeah. Clark is be much better served with the uh, bald look. But there. It's, it's a much better look, Clark. Barton Simmons's Twitter is the best. I mean, he mm -hmm. it's so subtle to tweet that picture out as he knew Grayson Morgan was going to commit. Of course, they both played at NBA and, and NBA, they're going to lock down NBA. You know, I'm not, of course, they get Grayson Morgan now, but that's a school that you would think Vanderbilt would be able to pick and choose, you know, the guys out of that school. But yeah, that, that picture is something else to, <laughs> to think about. But Will, th this is something where you talk about the momentum and we'll, we'll get into some of the decommits here, but what do you think this does for some of that momentum? And to have Grayson Morgan, despite the loss to ETSU, despite some of the decommitments, I think that says something. I really do. I think that says something about some of the confidence that, that these players have in Coach Lee and the staff. There's still a lot of work to do. Uh, I'll say that. But I, I think this is a positive death step in the right direction. I mean, it's definitely not a step in the wrong direction. Uh, no. Getting a, an offensive lineman that looks to be a highly sought-after guy that it offers and was highly recruited by Kentucky, Maryland, App State. Mm -hmm. um, Kentucky and Maryland in particular, too, especially Kentucky, um, was pr yeah. in there. Those are some pretty strong programs, and Vanderbilt won out despite the negative momentum that is coming out. And it, it's got you thinking just a little bit, and we'll get into this when we go into the decommits, but if Clark Lee and the staff are able to even maintain 
a top 60 recruiting class this mm-hmm. year with the transfer out of Marcus Bradley, the 3D commits from those corners and or defensive backs um, in there that we'll touch on later. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a pretty impressive feat. And I know yeah. that, that that's a moral victory that's spinning it pretty positive, but there's been a lot of bad this year. And there were a lot of guys that are pretty committed. Um, and I do want to read one thing before we before we jump to the next, which is a tweet from Gumbo Gaskins. Yes. Um, well, well, a three-star yes. corner recruit, defensive back ever. recruit. Incredible name. He <laughs> tweeted, end quote, you can get get there from here at VU Commodores. I believe that saying. I want to play early and be developed. I want to play at the highest level, and I want to influence change. If you agree, let's be the catalyst and get it diamonds out the mud. So that that right there, he's obviously not going to decommit based on that tweet. But I wouldn't think so. Just players recruiting players and building that momentum at a program that doesn't hasn't had success in the field. New coaching staff, a lot of new faces are going to be playing next season. So players recruiting players, that's going to be something to watch and just see how bought in these guys are for that class of 2022. And uh, I, I'm sure we'll be discussing this class quite a bit in the offseason yes. and even later on in this pod. We no doubt will. And, and Will, as, as always, we talk about kind of the momentum right now. I'm not going to say this swung the pendulum totally in the positive direction, but it's a small step back to that relevance. And right now you talked about the rankings. I think they're 44th in the nation, according to 24-7, last in the SEC at 14th. So, And they're not looking at you know rankings. Of course, they want to be – they want to improve in that regard. But, um, boy, it, it's going to be interesting to see, especially – I mean – we the, record- Recorded also, draw. Billy, the one we kind of skipped over. Did we were have we recorded since Davion Walker committed as well? Uh, because no, that was we, a huge we, we had, commit as well. He's a top yes. nine hundred nationally ranked and player. That, that that was another classic Barton Simmons diamond out of the mud and diamond in the in the rough type of commit where you know you see that guy commit and you start thinking about watching some of the film and you're like, wow, this this guy verified can verified the first thing that jumped out. He's a three star. He's one of the higher rated guys. He's a higher three star, but. It says on his verified results on 24-7, the first thing I saw, a verified 4.61 laser time 40. So right there, that is speed in high school. People people have this very weird idea of what they run a 40-yard dash in. And this is one of my like big soapboxes that I could talk about forever. Mm-hmm. Is the average person sees the numbers that they put up in the combine and like, you know, I could probably run a 5-2. If you took a laser time 40, the average 28-year-old male, not large, just the average <laughs> median male would run over a six easy. Yeah. So like I and, and that improves. So a four six one laser time That's is very impressive. different. What your what your high school coach told you you ran when you were in high school is not what you ran. No. A, a hand timed, it's about 0.3, 0.2 faster on that mm-hmm. hand time. So I always look at that and which of these results have been verified on 24-7. So that was yeah. an interesting thing to watch. And then you watch his highlight tape. And he's say, got some speed. Yeah, that guy's got legit speed. At he does. He's got really good speed, and he's he's the type of guy that you hope they can keep at Vanderbilt because you've seen a lot of these Barton Simmons type of recruits, and he gets them early, real early, and they might be unrated or a two star, but they elevate, and then schools start to start to realize that. So, but will right now the pitch is come be a part of the rebuild and come be that building block of uh, of Vanderbilt football. So I think the pitch is these guys can start something. So uh, we'll see. We'll get back into the recruiting class uh, when we after this Dansby Swanson, Kyle Wright. Uh, world champs talk and obviously we got to touch on this i mean these guys playing at vandy and and you know i think we knew dansby swanson with the braves was going to have a chance to win the world title like he did uh but without dansby and 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 kyle wright i don't want to say they wouldn't win it but they were a huge part of that game four victory and kyle wright to step in after being in the minors all year and they signed they they 
elevate him to the to the squad right before and he's able to pitch and that says a lot about their character so well it's it's pretty cool pretty awesome seeing Dansby and Kyle actually be able to to rep Vanderbilt and and, and uh, end up winning a world title pretty awesome to see Dansby perform the way he did as well as getting that final out there but yeah I'll actually help you transition here Billy um into back into the recruiting class whenever whenever you want to because I have a pretty interesting thought on kind of the strategy and kind of succinctly that I've kind of thought about and discussed it with some people that are not Vanderbilt fans that I think I finally got a succinct way to say that I see what Clark Lee says when in quotes he says a 10-year plan so yes the uh, 10-year plan saying the and it's just it's awesome to see those guys get rings and especially Wright, who fell just a little bit short in college so finally to see him reach that top pedestal is great to see yeah and i mean the braves it's it we're biased we're both braves fans here but it's it's nothing better than seeing danzu swanson atlanta kid vanderbilt bred and and he's able to make that final out and nobody else deserved it more than him so uh, again congrats to swanson and right their world champs parade going on today down in atlanta probably pretty crazy uh but will let's tr- let's do that transition the 10-year yeah. plan we're we're making it I think we're under getting a clearer picture of what this plan entails. And, and I think we learned it pretty quick after ETSU, this will be a 10 year plan to success. Now I'm not going to say they're in 10 years, they'll finally get to six wins. That's not what we're talking about. But I think what Clark Lee is pointing to is in 10 years, we will fully realize the vision and goal uh, and, and what they want to accomplish there. And so well, before you get into some of these quotes and, and the deep investigation here that, that, that you've done, which credit to you, uh, you, you've done a good job on it, but Marcus Bradley started off the decommit trail. Uh, and then you had, you know, you had Miguel Mitchell also on Monday on, uh, I think it was either Monday or Tuesday decommit, but you've had three this week, uh, but you've also had Davion Walker uh, who committed. And then you also had Grayson Morgan who committed. So you know, the pendulum is swinging kind of back and forth. I think it's still in that decommit direction. Now, if Clark Lee is able to get another one that might make it back to bring it back to the middle, but will some of these quotes are really interesting. And I really thought it was interesting to, to hear from Marcus Bradley about how he thought he still said Clark Lee was building something. He liked what he built it, but he just didn't simply fit in. I think that's what you were getting at. Yeah. And I, and I do want to take a step back here and, what we always talk about what Tim Corbin has done and you always say Tim Corbin's just a force of nature and how he's done it and that's that is 80 90 percent of it is you just have Tim Corbin the right circumstances things worked out and he's the right person to lead that program bought in from and then you got buy-in from the administration buy-in from the fan base boom you're where they Mm -hmm. are with guys winning championships and you have guys all spread throughout the major leagues and playing throughout the playoffs and big names and when we talked with Clark Lee and talked with Barton Simmons, a lot of what they mentioned on their recruiting ideas was NFL talent. They just kept repeating NFL body types, body sizes, body types. And when you really start to t- go back and take a look, what Clark Lee is really trying to do is emulate and the block V, I don't think it's direct emulation or, or exactly what they're doing, but he's trying to emulate what Tim Corbin did. Yes. And when you really go back to the roots of it, what Tim Corbin did wasn't very complicated. Is it very difficult? Absolutely. In part with the social media team that Vanderbilt put together and they jumped on the Instagram bandwagon Mm -hmm. early and they were the first in college baseball to utilize that so well. They had transformative players come into that program and represent Vanderbilt at the college level and then continue to represent and rep them in the pros. Mm -hmm. And those guys were Pedro Alvarez and David Price. And those are the ones that initially came in and changed the face of Vanderbilt baseball. Then they're in the pros continuing to rep Vanderbilt. And then you see that then you have guys like Dansby Swanson come in and boom, he does the same thing. Big face in the MLB. That's the best recruiting 
in the you world. Can do. There's yeah. no other better recruiting platform. Winning a national championship doesn't get guys in as much as having guys in the pros. And obviously those things go hand in hand. And I'm not saying that Vanderbilt football is ever going to reach what Tim Corbin has done because obviously it's a much more crowded playing field. Mm -hmm. But what they're trying to do is right now Vanderbilt has a real lack of contributing NFL players on, on Sundays. And they used to have a lot when they had Cutler, Moore, Bennett, uh, Chris Williams. The entire Chicago Bears it, it, team. <laughs> you, right now you pretty much have Hay yeah, I just named off a bunch of Bears. But right now you pretty much have Hayward and Zach, Zach Cunningham, Cunningham and, yeah. and Stephen Weatherly Car too. Kari Blossom yeah. game. But I'm saying guys that are really in your face right, about right. it. They don't really have that right now. And they had stretches of it in the past, and you kind of saw it kind of filter off whenever mm -hmm. a lot of Franklin's guys didn't work out at that next level. You had Zach Stacy leading the league in rushing, and then that mm -hmm. fell off. And that's when recruiting took the huge dip. So they're trying to build back up that NFL talent, which A, is going to win you games if you can produce NFL talent, but B, it also continues that wheel spinning of bringing in more right. and more NFL talent. But going to Bradley and that transfer, because I think that was a little bit shocking to both of us. We were very mm -hmm. excited. I reached out to him. Um, we texted back and forth a little bit. I'm not going to give any of his direct quotes. I didn't clear that with him. We didn't text a lot, but basically he didn't he didn't say anything bad about Clark Lee. Everything he said was he loved what Clark was building. He loved what they were building there. He just had trouble maneuvering through the new standards, which is what we kept mm -hmm. hearing. Obviously, this is a bottled up answer from Marcus, but right. the fact that he was transferring out and didn't just immediately rip into the staff says a little bit of something to me. Obviously, he does have major issues with the staff or he wouldn't be transferring. Right. So a lot of that is, you know, through that lens. Right. But do keep in mind that there are plenty of guys that once they transfer, they would have text, they would have been talking to me and just blasted this coaching mm -hmm. staff. And that's certainly not what happened. So there are going to be guys decommit, and I do want to get your thoughts on these decommits and defensive back before I get yes. in here. But yeah, I'm and running out of breath. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a four minutes uh, su mm. succession there. I like it, but I, I really do think Will. I, you talked about pillars and pillars of a recruiting class: Pedro Alvarez, uh, you know, David Price, guys like that. I think Langston Patterson and Grayson Morgan can be those guys. I, now, I'm not saying these guys are going to be all SEC players, first round draft picks. I'm saying Clark Lee has gotten these two in-state guys. I think they can begin to be that building block. Now, with these decommits, Marcus Bradley, the transfer, I, I think that'll make an impact. He's a talented player. He's one of the more talented guys in that class. It's, it's going to be a hit. And obviously, those three decommits were big hits. And B.J. Diakite, I think, maybe was one of the bigger ones. Uh, a, a Georgia kid, he might may end up with Zach Pyron, another Vandy target at Georgia Tech. So I think Will they took a, I mean, just a massive hit this week. Like that, you know, we can't we can't ignore that. And and the the vibes were low. Morale was very low. Uh, you know, through the first half of this week. But I think what you learn from this staff is they're strategic. You know, they're very strategic. They're always working as you have to do in recruiting season. And Barton Simmons is unreal. Like, like what he's doing right now is transforming the game of college football recruiting. I think you're going to see even more of those 24-7 sports expert type guys get those jobs because Barton Simmons was able to. Um, and, and you're seeing like Davion Walker is a perfect example. Now, I think he's a guy. I'm not going to say he's going to decommit. But Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, he's a, he's a kid. He's one of the better players in the state of Alabama. Just not many people know it. Barton Simmons knew that. He grabbed him, and he told Clark Lee, and now he's a, he's a Vanderbilt Commodore. I'm not going to say – I'm not saying this guy is going to leave and commit to Alabama, but I just think that is common, and I think that the, the potential of that to happen more is still there. So, Will, with these decommits, I, I'm, you know, 
we talk about not being the end of the world. Obviously it's not, if this had snowballed to eight guys, seven, eight guys, I think, you know, this week was tough, obviously, but I still think with Barton Simmons and what he's been able to do, he's going to continue finding these guys. And as long as they can develop them, I think you'll see that plan come to fruition. Now they still, you still got to get the guys like that's all the story of, of going out there and convincing them to come to Vanderbilt. But um, I still think with a lot of those decommits, it's like, Hey, Barton Simmons, good job. But you know, these guys are going to find bigger schools going to find these guys because of your work. So I guess that's more of what I'm of the, the line of thinking I'm going with. Yeah, it's kind of it, it's very interesting to look at this class and look what they've done and look just how different that they view recruiting. Yes. Than the previous staff and even totally staffs different. before them. It's it's you can see clear patterns. And the one thing I want to say is obviously decommitting is never a great is never a good sign. And they had two guys from that secondary decommit and they had BJT Kite decommit. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm not saying this is why they did it, but I'm saying objectively Number one key is these guys looked at the program and said, this is not a good football team. It's going to be a struggle to win here. Number two, the big sell is when you go into Vanderbilt and the SEC right now is you are going to get the opportunity to play early. Mm -hmm. And two of these guys were corners. So keep in mind, they're looking at a young secondary right here with Mahoney and Judy Lolly with two and three years left and saying the only good part of this team right now, and I'm not even saying good, but they lead the, they lead the SEC in picks. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're sitting there saying this, court, this, this secondary is improving. They already have some young guys on the roster. I'm going to go to a bad football team to the only position that really I'm not going to get immediate, an immediate chance to start. And I think Diakite said the same thing because, you know, who he reminds me of a lot? Freshman running back Patrick Smith. So I don't, I'm not saying that that contributes to it a lot, but I'm mm-hmm. saying these guys in particular probably looked at who is on that roster. Vanderbilt's not in a good place. They were probably wavy because of initially right. what has happened on the field. But then they look at that roster and say, okay, where is their young talent in front of me that could potentially commit, could like mm-hmm. prevent me from playing? Right. And that's obviously right there. But when you look, and, and I just wanted to get that out there. I don't yeah. know if that's and what I'm, happened. That's speculation, of course. Right. Right. Who knows where, where the motives are for the, for a lot of these guys. And, and I think, Will, the bottom line is a lot of these in-state players, I think, are the ones that are going to stick with Clark Lee and the staff. Like, you haven't seen a flinch from Langston Patterson. After the ETSU loss, you saw him tweet, anchor down. Like, you know, there are guys that are committed to this staff, but, you know, there's going to be misses, in, you know, there will, like, just like every recruiting class, especially in today's day and age with even the transfer portal and, and you know, Marcus Bradley and those type of guys. But what you're seeing in this class, Will, is you're going to have a, you're going to have a split, like we've seen with the team. You're going to have a split where guys are going to just, come to the conclusion and say, Hey, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to be a part of this program anymore. But the other side is no matter what happens, I'm sticking with this team. But yeah, you know, we talk about splits all the time. We talked about it w- with what's, what's happening in the regular season right now with this team in this locker room, the recruiting split is, is just as prevalent right now. So the goal right now for Clark will is, is narrowing that line, making that smaller and, and having limited guys, you know, on that, on the fence there. So you know, the the, pro, the issue right now for Clark Will is is fixing that split both in the locker room and on the recruiting trail. And, and once he does that, I think you'll see the, the, the fruits of his labor. But, you know, like we talked about all the time, it's, it's going to take a while. Yeah. And Clark had some good comments after and it was in an article from Robbie Weinstein on 24-7. Mm-hmm. I want to give him credit. This is where I got the quote from. Um, but he said 
in the end, in recruiting, this is all, no, I, I skipped a part. Here we go. Here's the beginning Here of the quote. It's a pretty long quote, so I'm only going to read a portion of it. Go, but Clark Lee on the decommit said, end quote, the first part of the message is, and for all the players that have committed to us and we recruit more players in this class, this is where we are, and it's not where we're headed, Lee said. End quote again. This is year one and team one, and there are a lot of things that go into laying a foundation in a program. We're not taking any shortcuts. There's no cheat code for success here. We have to go the long, hard way. And right there is, obviously, if you're coming into Vanderbilt at this point in the SEC with the current state of this program, you have a chip on your shoulder and you have Mm -hmm. a me against us against the world mentality. And I think that's where guys that they've had in the past have been that type of player with the chip on their shoulder that have been successful. I I think the perfect exemplifying factor in that and player is Keyshawn Vaughn. And he was not under Clark Lee, but that dude played. He thought he had been passed up by bigger programs and should have gone somewhere bigger initially. And then obviously got his playing time taken due to mm-hmm. some injuries. And he played with that dog, that chip. Yes. And, and I think that's really what they're looking for. But they're also looking at one thing that is so different in a different mindset than Mason is body types. And mm-hmm. Mason looked at body types. He was looking for long, rangy, athletic guys. He's looking for big freak athlete receivers. Mm-hmm. You see that in Chris Pierce. You see that in, in guys like Will Shepard that are in here that are these long 6'3", six, 6'4", six, guys that look like Julio Jones right. and, and Michael Thomas. And what you see Clark Lee doing is recognizing Vanderbilt's not going to get those consistently, at least right now. So you need a plan that Vanderbilt can go out and execute, kind of like what I talk about with game plans on the field. You need the same thing in recruiting. You have to have a recruiting plan for Vanderbilt mm-hmm. at Vanderbilt. It can't be like anywhere else. And what they're doing, you can clearly see, is they are valuing guys that are un, a little bit underdeveloped on the offensive and defensive lines and the linebackers and tight ends and are more worried about size because they think in 6'6", 6'5", 6'4", already pretty big build. And they're <laughs> like, we can add a little bit of weight to them and we can work with them and develop them. Mm-hmm. And if they are able to put in the work and develop, these can be NFL guys. They have their right. own athleticism. Flip side, that is what is so valued at receiver and running back is that raw athleticism mm-hmm. as opposed to the uh, kind of polished at the mm-hmm. end, which is what's valued on the offensive and right. defensive lines and yeah. linebackers. And they are looking at these guys that have that polished route running, that quick burst ability already at the receiver position for the most part that are undersized. So they're getting passed up and that's why they have a lower rating. And you can see, obviously, they want uh, probably one larger sized receiver and one kind of larger running back and everybody else they want kind of scat back speed to kind of fit into the system and those are achievable those are attainable recruits right because these other programs can pick and choose and say we only want the six three six two receiver with that Mm -hmm. yeah and vanderbilt's just not going to be able to get those and so seeing that and seeing kind of the vision that they have and actually seeing it play out a little bit has boosted my confidence in the future i don't want to say that i'm bought back in completely but it but at least gives me kind of a vision forward for that it's it's there you know it's visible the plan is visible now it's a whole nother uh, you know challenge of trying to go out there and achieve it but i'm totally with you will barton simmons and and this recruiting staff that what they've do it what they've been doing the the eye test is very visible you know they have taken the eye test to a whole nother level of bringing the guy in in on campus or going out to the high school campus and looking at the guy and saying hey we when and seeing the film, we we can build you into a successful Vanderbilt football player, and it's kind of that you know 
create a, ta- a player type mode where they have their guy and four years down the road, they want, they have a vision of what they want that guy to look like. I think a lot of these transformations are going to be incredible. Uh, Brendan Horgan and the, the weight training staff, I think have done a great job. So I think you could see some, some nice transformations with guys like Langston Patterson and Grayson Morgan and, and everybody in the staff. Now, it, it, like I said, all of this takes time. And so I think that's the bottom line where I think three, four years down the road, this 2022 class is going to be that starting point, that foundation, and they're going to show and you I that, also that think it takes that we work. are not also, and when we, whenever we do kind of a season recap, something I want to get into is the class that is getting lost in a lot of this framework is that entire outside of Marcus Bradley now, that entire class of 2021 that has stayed alongside Clark Lee outside of Bradley. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of interesting guys because they're, they're in the same boat. They wouldn't have been on the field no matter yeah. pretty much who it's, was It's going to be interesting. So it's going to be those, the 2021 and 2022 classes in two, three years are going to decide if Clark Lee is still the head yeah. coach. And and I, the, I, those two classes are going to be the ones that determine. Yeah, I can't wait to see which guys stay and which which guys go because Marcus Bradley, you know, you got to believe that there's some guys that are with him and may may end up transferring, but there's also some guys that that may end up staying. So that's going to be really intriguing uh, to watch. But, Will, uh, I, I told you at the beginning, we got a, pretty much a, a quick episode here, but we've got a nice interview. I do want to say we talked about all of these rankings, though, Billy, before we, before we get into yes. the Noah Shelby. We talked about all these rankings and their national rankings. But you know who has been on the field and contributed this year more than anyone else on this list is the bottom ranked recruit in the entire class last season of 2021. And that's Patrick Smith. Exactly. So I, I just want to say that while obviously we care about the star ratings, we care about the ratings, they overarchingly mean a lot mm-hmm. as far as the entire class is concerned. There are plenty of guys that we're probably not even discussing right exactly. now that in two years are going to be major contributors because I think Patrick Smith to us, obviously, was kind of just a little afterthought mm-hmm. in this class. And he's come in and made an immediate impact yeah. on that campus. So it's always fun to follow these classes and see where the guys end up. Yeah, and it tells you about what that what they value and, and the guys that they value and who they bring in and, and rankings really don't matter. You know, we talk about Vandy's not gonna get the five star, four star guys. They're mostly three and two stars, and it's it's hard to to uh, you know to scout some of those guys sometimes. So it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how this class uh, ends up shaking out, and and obviously the guys from twenty twenty one. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But will coming up. Noah Shelby and Lee Dort. We've been trying to secure these two guys. They were the first two four stars to commit in the 2022 class, and we were able to get them on thanks to Derek Shelby um, and, and you know their authoritative figure there. That's Noah's dad. He they've they've brought Lee Dort into their family, and and just a really cool story about how they met with each other and playing with Colin Smith, uh, a guy that they were able to to bring over to Vandy. Plus Jerry Stackhouse, we give him credit too. But well, it, it's just a cool story, and and I think Vandy fans should be excited about Noah Shelby, Lee Dort, and Colin Smith, and heck, Malik Dia too, because that class, I think this season is the last year in basketball at Memorial Gym that, you know, they may not be making the tournament, because I think next season, they've got a real shot at, at elevating to, to, to that top half of the SEC, so, Will, it was awesome to be able to talk to these guys, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think we, uh, we've got some interesting personalities coming into, into West End with these two guys. Yeah, I think Lee Dort probably is more of a – you can tell he he's not the big talker of, of uh, between Noah Shelby and him. He's definitely the one that are inside 6'9 center. Uh, you got Noah Shelby, the point guard there. Colin Smith was a great interview. You're seeing this this team take shape with some of the younger talent that they have there. And I'm not I'm not pushing back this year, even though Rodney no. Chapman has already been bitten by the Kevin ghost of Kevin Stallings and his meniscus 
Um, it'll be out four to six weeks. Liam Robbins not playing in week one oh, due to that lingering injury issue. I'm telling you, that's why it's, I get excited. Will, will I still the, think will that the curse going, ever end? Will the curse ever uh, end? I think Dort, Dort and Shelby and Colin Smith and Malik Dia will be the, the end gonna, of the curse, beginning of the new. But gonna stay this team, I, I don't want to just skip past this year because there's one guy. No, we'll, no. Get, we'll get way more into this whenever we do our preview that we'll be dropping in a, in a few days. But Scotty Pippen Jr., as long as he is healthy, Vanderbilt can win every single game that they step on the court because they will, in my opinion, doesn't matter what the NBA draft board, they will have the best player on the court on every single At all times. Game, every single game, every single time, they will have the best player between both teams. And when Scottie Pippen is playing out of the 10 players in the court, he will be the best one. And so as long as he stays healthy, do not count off this team. And it, 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 I think they could still surprise some people moving yes. up because between him and the other guys that are on that roster that we'll dig into, I think that they could uh, make some waves. Well, I'll be really interested to see the attendance inside Memorial Gym this season. And I, oh there's God. one reason why. I didn't want to get into it. I really didn't. But – and I think most fans who listen to this podcast, they know exactly where what our opinions are of this. But why? Why? I, I, uh, I my really, favorite, favorite I really have really. nothing – I don't have anything else to say at this point. Uh, like, you want to talk about – get me really fired up. You want to get me going. Talk I want to, about I want to get that. you going. That we talk about follow the science. Vanderbilt likes to shove in all of our, in all of our faces and basically calling us stupid. Um, anyone that disagrees with it, that we're not following the science. We're just dumb idiots, not not listening to anything. Well, I don't I don't need to follow the science because it's funny enough on no, in mid November, I believe November thirteenth, the National Bridgestone Predators. Arena, Bridgestone Arena is lifting their requirement to be either tested seventy two hours before with a negative test or antibody test or be vaccinated. They're lifting that requirement. With and you know, you know why? Consultation with the Vanderbilt University Medical Center. It is unreal how stupid this is and how Vanderbilt can't see how stupid it makes them look to literally be the hospital associated with the university is recommending it to Bridgestone Arena. And that's why they're lifting the ban at the same time that you release this, that you are now going to be requiring fans if they come to Memorial Gym for Vanderbilt basketball games to be either have a negative COVID test or be vaccinated or antibody test. The right before people have already bought their season tickets. I had already been looking at tickets. I could go either way. I don't care. But Jesus Christ, can anybody use their brains in that athletic department or at that university and see the double standard and dichotomy here that makes no I, sense I, and it's illogical? I, Sorry, Billy, you got me no, down. well, I had to. I, I had to throw some gasoline on the fire because it, this is just an awful decision. There's no way around it. And the, 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 I, again, I, I hate doing it. But I wanted to get some fire into this podcast here before we get into Noah Shelby and Lee Dort. Now, that doesn't, that's not to say we aren't still excited. I'm going to be watching from down here in Florida. I hope to go to a game. I guess I'll have to get a negative COVID test. But, Will, I, I, it's going to be uh, interesting. They examine those really, really closely, Commodore fans. They, they I, stare them down, and I'm being sarcastic if you can't tell, so take that as you will. I can't wait to see the attendance numbers inside Memorial Gym this season. And, Will, we love this university. We really do. We love this athletic department. We love the Man. excitement coming from Vanderbilt basketball. But as much as we love this school, we will say things like this. And they it's for it, the good of the Vanderbilt school. Vanderbilt University, for how little fan support they have and how little success they have had recently and in the past historically, makes it really damn hard to be a fan 
and they do everything they can to push away the fan base that they currently have. And it's pretty amazing to see it with Sarah Fuller thing last year with this, that they've done this year, that they are shoving away the few of us that are here. And it's like, it's like what Bruno said when he was talking about how they don't get priority scheduling. They can't have a car. He's like, we're on the same team, guys. Why are you working against us? We're on the, we want the same thing. We're on the it's, same side. Exactly. It's going to be, it, well, I, I just had to get it out there. I had to get it out there. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I still, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Uh, may, you know, be I, there. I, I, you'll be there, but damn, they make it hard. All right, here we go, though. Let's let's shine some let's get some sunshine back into this episode. Noah Shelby and Lee Dort coming right up here on the door report powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into the Door Report alongside Will Byram. I'm Billy Derrick, and uh, we've got a couple guests on that Vandy fans may recognize. We got Noah Shelby and Lee Dort, the two highest rated recruits in, uh, in Vanderbilt's class. Of course, Colin Smith uh, just joined the 2022 recruiting class as well. Lee Dort, a 6'9, 240 pound center, of course, out of Addison, Texas, there at Green Hill School. Noah Shelby also uh, attending Green Hill School there. They've both got one more year. Uh, Shelby, six foot two, one hundred seventy-five pound point guard. Guys, thanks for taking the time. How y'all doing tonight? Good. Uh, about your commitment to Vanderbilt and 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 what that meant for you guys and and why exactly uh, you guys did it and what intrigued you about Coach Stackhouse and, and Vanderbilt and when why you guys ended up committing. My favorite part about Vanderbilt was the uh, the camaraderie with the coaches as well as the system that they run. They run a, a pro style system uh, that I think a lot of people can benefit from. So I think it worked well for for my game for sure, as a point guard, being able to play a uh, pro-style system with a lot of pick-and-roll offense. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, Coach Stack, a uh, great relationship with Coach Stack and how he's uh, down-to-earth and gets the best out of his players as well. Um, for me, like, like me and Noah, like, we've been playing, like, a long time. we got pretty good chemistry. So I feel like, like, going there with Noah is a good idea to play with Noah and build a nice chemistry over there. And the coaches over there are going to, like, more develop me in my game like make, make me like more ready for whatever is it for the next level whatever is it so I feel like it's it's pretty good for me over there so you guys committed without and, and correct me if I'm wrong here committed before you'd actually visited Vanderbilt's campus right because of COVID you, you weren't able to actually visit and committed before that mm-hmm. I mean actually we visited like oh, yeah. it was an official visit on freshman year Okay, yeah. but it had been a little bit since you guys had been uh, been in Nashville. So what, I, what I'm kind of getting to is you guys committed, obviously, because and you mentioned it here that your relationship with the coaches and, and the system that they run. But what were your guys opinions when you actually did get a chance to come down to uh, Nashville? What what were your thoughts on the city and the campus and the university? For me, I thought it was even better than I expected Getting to see all uh, the campus and how everything works. I thought it was a little eye opening. I didn't know it was I knew it was going to be great. But I didn't know it was going to be as great as it was. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think, like, when I went there for my freshman year and, like, when I went there after and my commitment, it's, like, totally different thing. There's a lot of changes. And, like, the city, like, and, like, I kind of, like, seen the city more and, like, the weather, everything. It's, like, it's pretty nice over there. So, yeah. 
I, I want to ask you guys, I know you just talked about, um, you know, your commitment here, but when, when did you guys meet? I know you guys uh, go back a while and you guys have been playing basketball together, but for Vanderbilt fans that don't, don't quite know y'all's relationship and, and, and how much that has impacted y'all's life and y'all's career. Uh, so, so give us, give us a little information about how you guys met and, and why you guys are so close. You got to leave. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> no wants to take that one. You can take your time on it. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll go. Uh, we met freshman year. Uh, we played we played AAU together all through high school. So our first time playing together was our summer year, freshman year, summer going into my sophomore year. And What'd you say, Lee? Kyan Smith was there on this team. Yeah, and, and Kyan yeah. was on our team. As well. Oh, okay, okay. Team. So we're See? all on the same team. So we've known each other for a long time. And me and Lee have a great chemistry on the court because we work out together almost every day. Uh, we played together for three years. So we have a great relationship off the court too and on the court. We play video games, all that stuff. So we've known each other for a long time. So we got good chemistry. Sorry, I had a train coming by there uh, that's near my house. So once again, it likes to interrupt it, I think, what, 60, 70% of our podcast at this point. <laughs> yeah. But we got, we got to loosen it up here a little bit, guys. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Colin Smith that uh, got a smile across his face. But you guys watch the NBA, I'm going to assume, NBA mm -hmm. fans. So Noah, we'll start with you. And then Lee, you can go after he goes. What And you can be as cocky as you want to be, as humble as you want to be. What NBA player would you say that your game is the closest to and you kind of emulate the most? It's interesting for me because I think some people have said in the past, I've said Trey Young a little bit, but I think I think I've, my game fits more like C.J. McCollum after watching him play a lot, how he can Love get it. to his spots and he can score the ball from all three levels and get you the ball from deep. And he can play on and off the ball too. So I think my game resembles C.J. McCollum a lot. I like that one. I like that answer. Colin Smith gave us uh, Paul George. So we got CJ McCollum, Paul George, play styles. What, what about you, Lee? Uh, who, do, who do you choose? I think like on my game, like kind of like in B, like the footwork, everything, like dominate on the paint, like both sides on offense and on defense. And like, I feel like my, my game is like kind of like in B. Like. And CJ McCollum, Paul George, and Joel Embiid. I, I like it. I like, I like what we're going with here. Uh, guys, I want to go to you know how with Colin Smith you know we haven't talked about him yet and he's a guy that we asked him about you guys and he said y'all helped out in his recruitment a lot to Vanderbilt so Colin Smith I know you, you guys played with him you played with him I don't know if it was a, for a season or two or in the summer ball or whatever but where does y'all's relationship go back to with Colin and how much how much work did y'all have to put in to get Colin because because a lot of times you see you see players doing you know, coaches do the recruiting work, but players have some power too in recruiting maybe some of their friends to to come to different schools. So I guess Noah, we'll start with you about y'all's relationship with Colin and 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 where that starts. Yeah, I've known Colin for a long time, going back to like middle school, but I didn't get to really know him as like a friend until our freshman year because I went to St. Mark's with him my freshman year and sophomore year, and we played in the same summer team uh, freshman year. So I have a good relationship with Colin. We play video games like every night, so I talk to him all the time. So when we committed to Vanderbilt and Colin was still deciding and thinking, thinking about where he was going, I was all, always, I was like, all the time I was talking to him like, Vanderbilt, 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 like this is a good <laughs> spot for you. So it worked out in the end, but I definitely put some work in. Love it. Lee, did you, you had some help with Colin, didn't you too? So, you know, no, I mostly talk with him because they be playing video game a lot. So, but like, but like me, what I think, like when we went to the official visit, we went there, like he was there at the same time. 
So I feel like like the way you see us and like we we're talking like about like how we're gonna be like next year. So I think that's gonna like excite more, more like to become playing for us because we we've been playing together before, like and we know he knows like how I play, is you know how I know I play. So we feel like oh so I can play with this guy. So right. this is kind of a good place for me. Yeah, we're, we're excited. We can't wait to get Colin and, and you guys up here. But I want to talk about your future coach, Dandy, and, and Coach Stackhouse. And I know you guys still have a season to go to with, with your high school, uh, with your high school career. But with Coach Stackhouse, a lot of times, you know, we hear about coaches and, and their experience. But, you know, he's with Coach Stackhouse, he, he's, he has had to learn on the fly his first couple of years being a college basketball coach. So for you guys being recruited by Stack, what jumped out to you about him? And, and what about Coach Stackhouse? Made you made you think, okay, we we can have success at Bandy. Uh, yeah, for me, it was just the track record that he has. He has he's been in the league. He was in the league for decades. Uh, coached everywhere, coached G League, and he's also been able to he he's proven to develop point guards. Also, Darius Garland and mm-hmm. uh, Saban Lee. So guys like that that have come before me, I know he's been able to develop them and turn them into pros. So for me, I was just looking at the track record and what's already been done. So it was an easy decision for me to go to Vanderbilt for me. Yeah, like you know, I said, like he's been playing in the league for like 18 years, so and like he's kind of played like two or three. So I feel like, like for me, like I'm not gonna play, like I'm I'm not gonna say like, I'm a five really, but I'm, I'm six nights probably not a four, a three, something. So I feel like being kind of like being a same position like, like him, you're gonna be like help me out like more so more develop on my game, like everything, you know what I'm saying? So. That's that's what I think. So you, both of you guys, we'll, we'll bring it back. We're talking about your future. You guys still have a whole senior season to play here as teammates. So tell us, let's take a step back here. Uh, when does your season start, and when, uh, and and kind of give us some expectations that you guys have for your f- performance this year on on both of your senior years. Uh, yeah, our, our season, our first official game is next Friday on the twelfth. So that's our first official game. We have scrimmages on Saturday this weekend. Uh, we've been practicing uh, a couple of weeks. We feel good about our team. Uh, I think we have, we're good enough to win our, our conference and then win our state championship. I think we're going to be really good. And personal goals for me, I want to show that I can distribute the ball as well as score the ball and to continue to hit my shots and all those things that people already know I can do. Have there been any uh, backdoor alley-oop plays sent over uh, there to uh, you uh, and uh, sure from you to Dort? Huh? You know, I don't want to reveal any secrets for the game coming up on the 12th, but... You gotta be confident. Yeah. You gotta be confident lobbing it up to Lee, right? He, he's he's tall <laughs> enough. You, you can throw it wherever you want, and Lee's gonna go get yeah, it. Yeah, like, you know, we you know, it's like we we used to we used to that, so it's not the first one. <laughs> right. What about what about Colin? Uh, who, who is Lee getting up there higher, or, or is Colin elevating a little bit more? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's too close to call. Oh no! I, I mean, I haven't seen Colin jump in a while, so I'm gonna go with Lee. But I know Colin's athletic too. Colin has a burst. <laughs> I think he's. I think it's underrated. His burst of speed. I think it's underrated. There you go. There you go. Well, we can't wait to see you guys playing at Memorial Gym. But I want to ask you guys about, um, you know, the the world of 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 college basketball. But also, uh, we'll get to that. But more about the fans and and fans are starting to come back to college basketball arenas. And I'm sure you guys are excited uh, to get inside Memorial Gym. And I'm, I know you guys have been there before. What did you like about that gym? And what, what, obviously it's really different. It's totally different. We love it for, for what it is. So what do you guys like about that gym? And, and what do you want to tell Vanderbilt fans about y'all's future at Vanderbilt? Because, you know, they're, they're as excited as ever to get you two guys and Colin 
on campus. So I guess Lee, let's go with you. Let's go. Let's go with you first here. What's your fa- What's your favorite? I point? like when you when you look at the code. Like the code is unique. Like first of all, we got the we got the the bench on the baseline, mm-hmm. and we got the code like kind of more like more than the stand down here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of so some unique stuff like and for on the code. So and like. As much as the fan are excited, it's as, as much we're excited too. So I wanna I wanna play in front of him like a pack like a pack gym. So so I and I can so make make him the show. So like make him enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, I'm excited too. I think it's Memorial Gym. I think it's fitting for the city of Nashville because Nashville's kind of like a music city, performing city, and the gym is the court's elevated, so it's kind of like a stage. So I think it's unique and it's fitting. And I know that when that place gets filled up, it's going to get really loud, the echoes in there. So I think when we start winning and we start turning things around, it's going to be really nice for us. Yeah, hopefully so. But uh, guys, I, I want to ask one more thing here. So I, I think a lot of people have seen your your highlights, hoop mixtapes, whatever uh, videos that you put out on Instagram. But I kind of want to hear both of you, and we'll start with Lee here since Noah's uh, taken over for a lot of these <laughs> first questions. So we're going to put you on the spot again, Lee. Um, what is one strength of your game? If you had to point to one thing that that is the number one strength, what would you put that for, Lee? And then uh, Noah, you can go after him. That's a tough, I'll, tough I'll, I'll go. I'll go for rebounds. Like I'll go for rebounds. So like in a game, like like I I get like over fifteen rebounds in each game. So I guess I can take this one. Love it, love it. What do you got over there, Noah? One one key strength to your game, and, and we'll go a weakness as well that you're looking to improve this senior year. Uh, strength, I'll definitely go my shooting ability for sure. Love that. I think I can sh- – <laughs> I, I would put my shooting ability up against anybody in my class nationally. I think shooting is my calling card, who I've been known to do for a long time. And weaknesses, I would say uh, – I'll probably just say more explosiveness at the rim – not speed per se, but explosiveness at the rim, like finishing above the rim, stuff like that. I love it. Love it. Well, guys, we appreciate your time. I got one more to close it out. Uh, obviously, there will be fans inside Memorial Gym this season, unlike last season. Are you? Do you know? Do you guys know if you'll be planning on coming to any home games this season? And you know, obviously, you guys will be. You guys will be in season. Uh, but do you know yet if you guys will be making any any uh, visits over to Memorial Gym this season? Uh, yeah, we're trying to get up there uh, at the end of. Uh, end of conference play. I think when they play A and M, I think we're trying to go up there and play. Uh, see them when they play at A and M. Lee, hopefully you guys will be there together, right? Maybe get Colin yeah. up there too. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. we uh, we we are ex- yeah, we we can't wait for you guys to get up here. And uh, obviously, good luck with your with your high school season over at Green Hill. And uh, we 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 can't wait to see you guys. So thanks for coming on and and uh, enjoy enjoy your night and 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 have a have a good season, boys. Yes, sir.